0: This is Debbie and welcome to another brand new episode of The Offbeat Life where I speak to inspiring individuals who ditch the norm to live their best life and become location independent. Have you ever wondered if it was possible to create a location independent business that will also help others fulfill their dreams? Well, wonder no more because our next guest leah davis has done it leah is a travel blogger and an expert in location independence lifestyle her blog the sweetest way is a place for others to find encouragement and inspiration to create and design a life they truly love on this episode leah discusses how to create a location independent business using the skills you already have to transition into a freelance role and so much more I really hope you enjoy this episode as much as I do because I learned so much from Leah and she's such a joy to talk to. Hey, Leah, thank you so much for joining me today. Can you fill in the gaps of your story and why you live an offbeat life?
1: Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I guess to make the most sense of my story, it kind of helps to go back to the very beginning, which is that I studied nutrition in college. Um, realized afterward, you know, I was in uh, an internship kind of preparing to become a professional in dietetics. And I had this realization that I just wasn't ready for that career life yet. Uh, But more than that, it was that I wasn't really as passionate as I once thought about this particular career path. So I hatched up this whole plan to start traveling, which I had never done at that point. I just knew that I wanted to. Uh, And about a year after that, after I made the decision to travel, I was on my way to Thailand, one-way ticket, you know, the the classic story of (laughs) starting your life of travel in Thailand. Uh, And I got a job teaching English over there uh, in a private school. So this is kind of the whole beginning of my travel lifestyle. And at the time, I had no idea how I was going to make it work or continue traveling. All I knew is that I wanted to keep going. So I ended up leaving Thailand with some savings, um, thanks to... A teaching job that paid pretty well and really low living expenses went on a backpacking trip through South America after that was kind of thinking of still doing the teaching thing but realized you know maybe I don't want to be tied to one location for a year or two years you know maybe I don't want to sign a long-term contract so I started to think of ways that maybe I can make this you know even a little bit different not just living abroad but living anywhere that I wanted to and really serendipitously I happened to meet a travel blogger in Peru and this kind of sparked the idea in me to start my own travel blog. I didn't know at the time that it could even be used as a way to make money or a way to sustain this lifestyle, but it just started. And as, as things went along, I realized this could actually be a source of income for me and a way for me to continue living this travel lifestyle that uh, I'm so interested in. Because I really still, I didn't. You want to go back to a nine to five job at that point. I just was used to the freedom and flexibility of being able to travel. So I started my blog and over time, you know, it just slowly grew into uh, what it is today, which is kind of a, a little business all in its own right. And uh, during, you know, in the meantime, I was freelancing and earning money in different ways. But, you know, leading up to today, uh, I was able to finally transition into blogging full time. So now this is my my full time job is writing my travel blog and uh, I don't travel quite as much as I used to, but I'm still living that location independent lifestyle where I have the option to travel whenever I want to on my terms, you know, and nobody else's. So that's kind of my evolution to the life that I'm currently living.
0: (laughs) Most of my audience want to be travel and location independent but honestly for me personally it's not just about the traveling part and you say that now you're not traveling as much but it's really about the freedom. It's the freedom to be anywhere you want. If you want to stay home that's fine too because you love it there and the freedom to really go anywhere and do anything you want because you work for yourself or you're not attached to something. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that's I think a really important distinction to make too. I try to make that clear to my audience is that travel is just one small part of this lifestyle that I'm living. And of course, that was kind of the catalyst, that was kind of the original motivation for pursuing it in the first place so that I could have travel be a bigger part of my life, but it's really not all about that. It's about being able to yeah, stay home, work from home if I want to. It's about being able to come to important family events when I want to and support those people in my life that I really care about when they need me and not just if it's possible if I can get time off from work or something like that you know it's it's really about about that flexibility and that freedom like you said
0: it's really about owning your own time and spreading yes. it wherever you want it to be not <laughs> not yes. when someone else tells you which is amazing <laughs> Absolutely. You mentioned that you have a blog. It's called The Sweetest Way. You have a really interesting blog. It's not just your typical travel blog. Can you give us a little bit more information about what you do?
1: Yeah, of course. So, it did start out kind of as a mainly about travel. I was backpacking, like I said, I was backpacking in Peru at the time that I started the blog. And it was under a different name back then. Um I won't bore you with that detail, but it was I was <laughs> Uh, I, I did rebrand at, at a certain point, and at that point is when I kind of started integrating more information about uh, building a location-independent lifestyle. So whether that means starting your own online business, becoming a freelancer, and building up your own client roster, or, you know, finding a remote job that you can do from anywhere. So I started really kind of making it a more comprehensive resource for people who are looking to build a lifestyle similar to the one that I was living. So it kind of evolved over time from being just about travel to everything about the location independent lifestyle and how, uh, how people can achieve that for themselves
0: it's really wonderful, too, that you were able to rebrand. And sometimes your life takes a different turn. And you're no longer interested in one specific topic that you used to be, because we all grow as people. So now this is really your main thing. And there's so many people who want this type of lifestyle. And it makes a lot of sense that you did this.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, another reason for that transition was kind of just That I I felt like writing about my own travel experiences wasn't really helping as many people as I could. This way, I'm able to help people reach their idea of freedom and their ideal lifestyle too. It just to me that feels like a much more fulfilling way of running a business. You know, so it's not it's not just all about me, me, me. It's about helping other people reach their goals too.
0: The way you're helping people, it helps you as well in the long run. Definitely, yep. When you want to reach a goal or a dream and you want to realize it, what are the first steps that you take in order to do that? Oh, that is a good question.
1: (laughs) Um, I don't know if I have uh, unnecessarily you know, five or 10 step process that I go through, I'm a little bit less organized than your typical entrepreneur, I think. So for me, it's kind of like, you know, the idea is born, I start researching ways that I can make it happen. Um, I, I mean, you know, I write the goal down, because I think that's really important to set the intention and make sure that I'm coming back to it every single day and reminding myself of what that goal is so that I can take steps that are necessary to reach it, you know, so I can just use an example of something that I'm pursuing right now is. Photography. I'd really love for photography to be a bigger part of my life and my career path. So, uh, I once I realized that I wanted this to be a bigger part of my path, uh, I started working toward, you know, the first necessary step, which was upgrading my camera gear. It started with that as my first goal, you know, then the goal becomes, okay, how do I kind of start marketing myself as a photographer? How do I start building up a client base? You know, then the goal becomes, okay, how do I kind of start marketing myself as a photographer? How do I start building up a client base? Um, and so I got the camera gear. I was really excited, you know, start learning how to use it. And then I just reach out to my own network to see like, okay, how can I start building up a portfolio? I'll just take some people that I know I'll shoot some portraits of them. I'll start getting my, you know, this new idea out there so that people know that, hey, this is a new thing that I'm kind of offering. And then it just kind of builds from there. So people see, you know, I start getting referrals from other people that I know just in my own network. And it just kind of builds from there. So I guess that same idea can be applied to any goal that I have, you know, it starts with, okay, what's the first step? And then how could I make it grow from there?
0: Those simple steps that you take, the littlest ones are usually it goes and snowballs into bigger things. Can you run us through what your average day looks like?
1: Sure. I consider myself a morning person. So that means I'm waking up pretty early every day. I like to wake up around, I don't know what most people consider early, but for me, that's maybe seven o'clock in the morning uh, is when I like to get up. And on a good day, which is, you know, ideally speaking, I'd love to start my day with some kind of mindfulness practice, whether that's yoga or writing in a journal. I do what's what some people refer to as morning pages, which is basically just free writing until I've filled up at least three pages in my notebook. So that kind of helps get rid of all those crazy monkey mind thoughts that are running through my head first thing in the morning so that I can really focus on the tasks at hand. So um, that first, first thing in the morning, that mindfulness practice is really important to me. Uh, and then of course, you know, I start with a healthy breakfast of some kind and then I get to work probably around nine let's say you know because I just I really like to take my time in the morning and get in the right mindset for work and then start in around the same time that someone would at a a regular job so nine o'clock and then I'll be working answering emails right you know creating content whatever it is that I need to do for that day whether it's writing a blog post or going out and shooting photos somewhere um, and that's kind of how the day progresses. I, Like I said, not the most organized person. So I tend to kind of jump from one task to the next unless there's something that's like really pressing, like something that has a deadline <laughs> attached to it. Uh, and otherwise, I kind of just go where the energy flows, you know, whatever. Um, if my creative energy is allowing me to write in a really nice flow, then I'll sit down and I'll write. And if I'd rather be out exploring and taking photos, then I'll do that instead. So that's, again, going back to that whole concept of, Freedom is that my days can really change depending on my mood, depending on my levels of energy, depending on what needs to get done that day. Yeah, there's really not what I would call a typical day, but I definitely kind of start the day in the same way every time and prefer to wrap up what I'm doing by, you know, maybe five or six in the evening.
0: A typical day for an entrepreneur usually
1: <laughs> is different
0: <laughs> every day. <laughs> When you're working and you really want to focus, is there any productivity tips that you can give us on how to focus, especially for someone who works at home and you don't have a boss telling you what to do? How are you able to keep your focus?
1: Well, because I I live with other people, Um, you know, I have a fiance and one of the things that's really helpful for my productivity is to have my own dedicated workspace, a place that is kind of mine for the day and that people don't really come into and bother me. um, That's, that's huge for my productivity. I'm very easily distracted. So for me, I need pretty much silence when I'm working. And so, you know, the dedicated workspace, that's one way. Uh, I've also recently turned all of my push notifications off on my phone because I find that the phone is really distracting. If I see that things are coming up on the screen, then, you know, of course I'm going to oh, what's going on? You know, should I answer this right now? So I turned off all those notifications. And most of the time, I don't even have my phone next to me while I'm working unless I need it for something, um, which is rare. So turning those off, getting the phone out of my workspace, if I, uh, I'm one of those people who opens like a million tabs at the same time. So I'll take whatever, whatever tab that I, it is I'm currently working on and just blow that one up. So it's the only thing visible on my screen so that I can't click over to, I can't, Oh, see, Oh, I just got a new email. Maybe I should go check that. And (laughs) Oh, there's a notification on Facebook. What's going on over there? You know, so really just blocking out all those different distractions is what works for me
0: even when we have our phones away there's also distractions on our monitor screens as well because you can have notifications over there as well so it it gets really tough and hard to do that sometimes and you really need special talents for that (laughs) (laughs) yeah
1: it's never-ending really the bombardment with distractions but
0: (laughs) what has been the biggest setback you've encountered throughout this whole journey and how do you handle them
1: one of the biggest challenges at least in the last year or so has been has really been it's not so much a problem either as it is just a thing that happened and now that I, now I'm kind of dealing with the the consequences of it but i've just changed so much as a person in the last year or so maybe maybe the last two years i would say um i've just gone undergone a lot of really massive personal transformation due to the things i've experienced in life or the stage that i'm at um, so my priorities have changed and that's kind of changed the tone of my blog and the, the direction that I want it to go. So where I was kind of reaching this point where I felt like, okay, I've got my blog niche figured out and this is what I'm going to be writing about. This is my ideal audience. All of a sudden I was faced with this idea of, well, wait a second, maybe that's not what I want, <laughs> the direction that I want this to go right now. Maybe you know, I want to incorporate more of my own personal story you know from a non-travel perspective and you know so write about things that have nothing to do with my with my chosen niche and how are people going to react to that and is you know is it still going to attract an audience is it possible to have a business that doesn't have one extremely narrow niche you know so these are a lot of the questions that were going through my head like is this going to ruin everything that I worked to build but at, at the same time like I in, in order to remain authentic and true to myself, it didn't feel right anymore to continue on just writing about location independence and travel. That was a may- big major crossroads for me that kind of came to a head this year. And I realized, you know what, I've got to be true to myself. I've got to write about what makes me happy and feel and feel fulfilled, because otherwise there's really no point in, in even blogging anymore, because if I'm not passionate about this, people are going to know that they're going to sense that they're going to stop reading my content. I kind of had to make the decision to just return back to writing from the heart and writing from a place of honesty and vulnerability, regardless of how my audience w- reacted to that, because I realized that if if the passion was gone, then, then you know, my blog wasn't going to exist anyway. So that was, that's been a big challenge.
0: I always find too, Leah, that people tend to relate to you more when you tell those types of stories and it's not just you putting yourself in that specific niche and then you're like okay I'm I'm no one else this is it that's me because everyone is so different we all have different interests even in our business there's other things that we want to work on as well so that's really beautiful that you're able to do that and add all of these different facets of yourself into your business and your blog and I'm sure a lot of people are able to relate to that as well
1: we're you know we're not static beings we're always changing we're always growing we're always learning new things about ourselves and evolving and that I feel like it has to kind of be reflected in my content somehow so in a way over time you can sort of see just by reading my my content you know if you were to read from start to finish you would be able to follow that evolution through my content which I think is kind of cool we're not gonna be the same person in a year from now that we are today. So it's totally fair, I think, to be able to adapt your content to fit that as you as you grow and evolve.
0: There's a lot of people that I've spoken to who are really afraid of changing certain things, whether it's their job or content. And it's a risk that you're taking, but if you don't take it, you never know what may have been. And I think it's better to take that risk than to always wonder what could have been. What is the worst advice that you have ever received?
1: Um, Well, I guess relating to the point that I was just talking about, um, the worst advice that I received, and it's not bad advice, generally speaking, I just think it was bad advice for me particularly. But that was this idea that in order to be successful blogging, you must stick with one narrow niche and never divert from that ever you know that was the advice that i tried to follow for so long and every time i tried to follow it i just completely fell out of love with blogging so it was it's not that it's bad advice for everyone i feel like for a lot of people choosing your niche and sticking to it is really good advice. It's a great way to build a business. It's what I mean, most businesses do, you know, brick and mortar businesses, online businesses, they, they have one focus, and they stick with that, and they find their audience. And that's it. But just for me, for where I'm at in life, and kind of the the process of growth that I'm experiencing right now, that didn't work for me. <laughs> so yeah, I you know, I, I like to encourage people to kind of try their own thing. If what, What they're being told isn't working. It's okay to choose your own path. Choose your own adventure, if you will. (laughs)
0: absolutely and you know it's different also when you're creating a business that's based on you as a person and not just a product your blog is about you it's about what you're doing and how your life is transitioning from just traveling and then location independence and then it becomes to other things that you're interested in like now with photography so I think people will tend to get that more and they see that you're evolving as a person as well and then for all of us who want to try all these things it's it's okay to change yourself. To not just change yourself, but to change your product to reflect who you are as a person. With your blog, how are you able to finance it when you first started, and how do you continue to create income today?
1: When I first started blogging, uh, wh- you know, back in the beginning, that was the end of 2013. There was no income anywhere in sight for a long time. <laughs> So at the time, uh, I just I knew that I wanted to kind of be based in uh, South America. So I made my way to Colombia and I lived in Medellin for a while. And I knew that there were some people down there kind of living the digital nomad lifestyle. So I I started making connections. And one of those connections was with the owner of a local travel website. And I ended up getting a sort of ongoing writing gig with that website. So that was one of my very first uh, freelance jobs was writing for this website. And I also started working for another travel blogger as a social media manager. So I was running her Pinterest account, scheduling tweets, scheduling Facebook posts, doing all of those sort of tasks. And then over time, out of that, out of the social media, I, I sort of developed an aptitude for Pinterest. So that ended up becoming my specialty and for a long time I was managing people's Pinterest accounts generally for a big travel account so managing their Pinterest accounts I also from that there were some other little services that popped up you know I would create pins for people so doing a little bit of graphic design um, none of which I was trained for by the way (laughs) this was all stuff that I learned on the job. I just want to make that really clear that for anyone who's kind of doubting their ability to transition into a freelance role and thinking like, well, I don't have any skills to offer anyway. You know, that's just not true. For one, you probably already do have skills that are valuable to people. But two, you know, you can learn anything you want these days with online learning resources or just by trial and error for yourself. So Um, Just through running my own blog and website, I learned a lot of this stuff uh, about how to run social media accounts. And so, you know, those skills were transferable. I was able to offer those to other people. And that was one of the ways that I financed my travels before the blog really started earning uh, a decent amount of income.
0: The skills that we take for granted in ourselves so many people would kill for because they have no idea even if they tried it's just not in their space and it it just wouldn't make sense to them so definitely think about what you're good at and run with that so speaking of pinterest can you give us some of the best tips that you can give to someone who's just starting out and they want to get into it or someone who's just really stuck and they don't know how to go forward
1: yeah of course pinterest is definitely a moving target. <laughs> Let's just start by saying that. You know, it's just like any other social media platform, and its algorithms are constantly changing. So it's one of those things that it really helps to be really active on it yourself. When people start trying to use Pinterest for business and they've never used Pinterest as a consumer, I try to encourage them to get on the platform and start using it. And seeing what that's like from a user's perspective, because that'll help inform their decisions like what are people looking for when they're scrolling through a Pinterest feed and what's going to jump out at them. So I like to encourage them to get on there, figure out what you're most attracted to, you know, see what's working from other people's pins and then start to apply some of that to your own strategy. That's number one. Number two is just make sure that your brand, you know, it's well branded. It matches your brand and your uh, the same message that you're trying to convey on Facebook or Instagram. You know, that should all kind of be con- congruent. So in your description, you're gonna have the keywords, the things that you want people to find you for. Same thing with your board names and your board descriptions. Everything should be pointing to you know the information that you want to provide people. So for for me, that's uh, the location independent lifestyle working from anywhere, remote work, things like that. These are the types of keywords that I'm going to be introducing into my board names and board descriptions so that people are discovering me for the things that I want to be known for. So in that way, it's really very similar to, Uh, search engine optimization, Pinterest is in its own way, a search engine. So people should understand what you know, how people are searching, what they're searching for, which specific, you know, words they're typing in to find the content that answers to their questions. And then from there, just experiment with your pin design until you find what works. And that might take a while. But generally, for me, I find that anything with bright colors, really easy to read text, sometimes the longer pins will do well, because those are really noticeable, especially on the mobile platform. So, uh, you know, experiment a lot with your pin designs that find what works, you know, test one one style of pins for a while. If that's not working for you, test another style for, you know, just see if see what works. So it's really going to take a lot of trial and error, especially when you're just starting out.
0: With anything else, it's all trial and error. And there's really no magic magic. A shortcut to any of these things it's it's experimentation what's working for you may not work for me or for someone else it's just getting to that and just working your ass off with it like with anything else (laughs) talking about passion and how you were able to follow it what does finding your passion and purpose mean to you
1: this is the thing that has been the most heavy on my heart for the last I would say Six months at least is what is the path that I'm following right now. Really fulfilling my highest purpose in this lifetime, and that's something that I think I still struggle with a little bit. So, if I'm being perfectly honest here, I, I don't have a, an answer to that question necessarily because I think, for going back to when I first started my blog, my my ultimate goal was just to help people. I've always wanted to help people, whatever whatever that means, you know. So, at this point, it's kind of finding that intersection between you know, helping as many people as I can, but also, you know, using my passions and my talents in a way that I enjoy. For me, yeah, it's it's been tough to find that that one thing that I'm most passionate about. I think that's why my, my work life keeps changing a little bit, because it's a little bit just like what I was just talking about with trial and error, like I have to try one thing, see if that's worth pursuing in a greater capacity you know maybe it's not maybe I have to try something new so for everybody I think that's going to look a little bit different but my ultimate goal is really just to help people if I can do that then I'm you know I'm on the right track
0: and that's a really good passion to have is to help people and that's a good goal when people look at your blog and you and social media it looks like you have found (laughs) what you've been looking for and you have this purpose which you do you have a good purpose but A lot of people don't think about all the struggles that you're still going through, what we all still go through. It doesn't matter how successful you are, how you look (laughs) in Mm -hmm. social media. We all still have the same types of struggles and questions, like life questions, you know, all of those things that everybody goes through. Even I'm sure when we're all on our deathbeds, we're still going to be questioning (laughs) our purpose. And if we did what we we could to find that.
1: You make a really good point, though. I think that's, it's a lifelong process to find that thing that you're passionate about and that thing that provides a value to to humankind, you know, because we shouldn't be just be living for ourselves. That's a big lesson I've learned in running a blog as a business is that it can't, it's not here just to serve me, it's to serve other people. And it's to help kind of elevate all of humanity in a way. And maybe that sounds a little bit too idealistic for some people. But that's, you know, that's, that's kind of my motivating, one of my big motivators is, is this providing value to people's lives? Is this going to benefit people in some way, uh, in a way that's bigger than just, you know, making me rich and famous, you know, because th- that's <laughs> not
0: good, obviously. I also think that if we stop questioning our purpose in life we become stagnant. It, there's nothing else there. And we don't want that. We don't want to stop questioning. We don't want to stop learning. There always has to be an evolution to who we are as people in general. And it's good for each of us to really ask that about ourselves as well, as long as we're working towards something. What advice would you give to someone who is really trying to find what it is that they want to do?
1: Another good question. And I saw a really good. YouTube video about this and it kind of has to do with writing down various aspects of your personality so um things that you're passionate about things that you want to do in life things that you are good at so things maybe things that you don't realize you're good at but people will tell you all the time like oh like for for example my um my fiance he's a really good listener and he has this way of just getting people to open up to him. And so I'm always telling him, you would make an amazing counselor because people just feel so comfortable around you and they can talk to you so easily. So um, that's just one of his talents that maybe he doesn't know he has.
0: Or a really good spy.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, Yes, if we're going for world domination, he could definitely get people to spill all their secrets. Yeah, so (laughs) you're looking at what you want to do, what you enjoy doing, what you're good at. Things that can make you money. And then you take all these different things, you know, let's say you're writing them on Post it notes. There is a word for this, it's uh, Japanese, I believe. So you can (laughs) maybe link to that actual, the actual name of this but you're taking post-it notes and you've got these things written on different colors of post-it notes and then you're looking for places where these things are overlapping so the things that you love to do and the things that can make you money so wherever those overlap you know maybe that's an option for you to pursue or the things that you're really uh good at and the things that you like doing and the things that make you money that that's ideally when all three of those things kind of overlap that's a really awesome avenue for you to pursue because it kind of ticks all the boxes everybody wants to be able to make a comfortable living but if you can do it by By doing something that you enjoy and that you're naturally good at I mean that's kind of the dream right
0: (laughs) this is a really good exercise for all of us to do actually especially when we have those moments of doubts and just to write them down it's really important to do that let's fast forward to 50 years from now and you're looking back at your life what legacy would you like to leave and what do you want to be remembered for
1: I think I'm an interesting person to ask this question to because I I don't I I definitely believe that everything is impermanent so the idea of leaving a legacy to me is kind of is it really something that I strive for in this lifetime and I that's probably going to sound really nihilistic to a lot of people but <laughs> you know I believe that nothing is really permanent but um if there's if there's anything that I want to be known for it's really just being a kind person, you know, I, I would never want to be known for having treated people poorly or been or selfish. I, I want to be known for being kind, being giving, being caring. So those are the things that if you know, I guess if that can be considered a legacy, that would be the legacy that I want to leave behind It's just being known for giving of myself living in service of other people.
0: It may not seem like a lot to you, but those little acts of kindness that you give to people, we remember that. And sometimes it's really what makes you as a person, especially when we're children (laughs) and even as adults, like we remember those little acts of kindness that people give to us. And it also affects the way we handle ourselves as well when we experience that in our own lives. So that's a really good thing to be remembered for.
1: I hope so. That's, yeah, that's really the one thing that comes to mind is just I want to be known for how I've treated people and that I've been a good person. And yeah, that's that's pretty much it. (laughs)
0: Let's get to some fun questions (laughs) because I I I hope they're fun. I have some for you. (laughs) Okay, so some people like myself, I nerd out on interviewing inspiring people like yourself, vintage cameras and hiking. What about you? What do you nerd out on?
1: boy, um, photography is definitely one of them. Uh, and it, not just the act of taking photos, but I love the process of editing photos. Um, I've gotten, I started using Lightroom to edit photos a couple years ago, just in the last like six months or so I've really gone crazy, just like learning as much as I can about the process. And that's the one thing that I end up gravitating toward whenever I'm not doing anything else. It's like, I'll just go back and I'll, create new presets and I'll edit old photos in a different way. And (laughs) so I definitely geek out there a little bit. I'm actually really into learning about sustainable living. So that's another thing that I'm really passionate about is kind of finding ways to reduce my impact on the planet. And that's sort of a newer thing. Um, I became a vegetarian in 2015 or two, no, sorry, 2016. Um, and so that kind of has just led to this snowball of like learning more about, you know, sustainable living in other ways from the kind of clothing that I buy to choosing, you know, cruelty free products, cosmetics and shampoos and conditioners and things like that. And it's a, there's just an immense amount of information out there to learn. So that's kind of a, another fun thing that I, that I like to do is learning about that and trying to find different ways to apply that to my own life.
0: And, the, and they're really interesting to to do that because there's a lot of different information and so many things that you can do to help out as well on that sense. What is the most unusual or ridiculous way you have ever tried to make money, and can you give us a little story behind it?
1: We have been house sitting a lot more since we've been back in the area. That's a really nice way to make extra money. Cause we're just, we're getting paid to like take care of people's cats and it's the best thing ever. So I, I love cats by the way. <laughs> That's another weird thing. I, I geek out about cats. Um, <laughs> so I love to house it for people when I can. Um, I did for a short time, I think between, between travels one time I was back in this area where my family is and um, I offered Spanish tutoring <laughs> to um, some local kids in the area. So, you know, I, I'm not even fluent in Spanish, but I speak it well enough that I was able to teach really beginner level Spanish to like young students. Um, so that's another kind of odd job I sort of picked up uh, to make extra money, which is also a good one because it pays pretty well. You know, per, you can charge a pretty decent hourly rate for, for language tutoring. So that was fun.
0: And you weren't even fluent, so that's even better.
1: <laughs> yeah. Hey, that's a, yeah, you definitely don't have to be an expert in whatever you're teaching. This is another just like great life hack for people is, is like to stop shooting for perfection before offering a service to people. You can, all you have to do is kind of be one or two steps ahead of whoever it is you're teaching. You just have to know a little bit more than they do and you can teach whatever it is that they want to want to learn.
0: That's really good advice because most of us think that in order for us to make money from something or teach someone something, we have to be a genius or a master at it. But you really don't.
1: Yeah, a lot of people want to have achieved perfection. But really, I think the just go with a minimum viable product, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Get out there, start doing it and you'll, you know, you'll improve as you go.
0: Yeah, exactly. And then you'll become a master after you've been doing it for a really long time. You don't need to wait. Just do it. (laughs) If you were given a one minute ad slot during the Super Bowl and you can't sell that with the potential to reach millions, what would you fill it with?
1: The most important message I would probably want to get across, you know, especially if it was relating to my my brand and what it is that I try to help people understand is that really your life can look however you want it to. You know, there's no, um, definition, there's no box that you have to fit into in order to live a fulfilled life. I think that's something that we've grown up being told over and over again is that, you know, this is your path to happiness. You know, you go to school, you get the degree, you graduate from school, you get the job, you get the job so that you can buy the house and then you can start the family, you know? So, to me, that is just one thing that I really wish would go away in this society is this idea that you have to follow a specific path in order to live a fulfilled life. And I think so many people in our generation are proving that to be untrue by by going out and doing our own thing, choosing these offbeat lifestyles that are different. And to be honest, a lot of people don't understand what it is that I do. And they don't understand the appeal. They don't. They're like, well, you know, I, I think a lot of people are comforted just by the security of having a, a regular paycheck. And so for most of them, maybe it, it's part of it is a security thing, but I think also part of it is just because they believe wholeheartedly that that's how they're supposed to live their lives. So if I was given that time slot, I would just want to get that message out there to people, you know, don't subscribe to the status quo just because it's what's what we've always been told. You know, you don't have to do that. You can be happy doing whatever it is that you want. <laughs>
0: we are also at a time in that it's possible to do pretty much anything as long as we work really hard at it so back then it may be a lot more difficult but now because of all the freedom that we're able to have with travel and internet it's so much easier to do anything really that we want to do and I think there was a quote by Jim Carrey and obviously, I'm not quoting this correctly, but he said something Mm -hmm. in the lines of, we can fail at doing something that we don't want to do anyway. So what's the difference between us going and failing at something that we want to do and what we love to do? So you can fail either (laughs) way. Yeah, (laughs) right. So don't you want to go the other route?
1: Right. And then, you know, you have to kind of think about what what's your definition of success and failure anyway? What, you know, to, to me, success just means living a fulfilled life. <laughs> so, you know, it really doesn't matter what I'm doing as long as I feel fulfilled. And that dep- you know, all comes down to my own definition of the word.
0: Absolutely. And the only failure is you not going for what you really want to do with your life and then looking back at it and having regrets. And I think for me, that would be the biggest is to have all of these regrets because I chose not to take that first step.
1: Yeah, you let the fear win. You don't you don't go for what you want because you're afraid and you let the fear win. That's that's kind of, I guess, my idea of failure.
0: Yeah, me too. <laughs> What are you working on today that is really exciting to you?
1: Um, Well, one of the things I'm really excited about is I'm bringing back my own interview series on the blog. I've titled it Location Independent Success Stories. So I'm just talking to people who are out there doing their own thing and making this location independent lifestyle work for them in whatever way that happens to be. And I've got several of these already lined up for the year. And I just every time I read one of these interviews, I get so excited to share it with people because it's just another glimpse into this lifestyle for people that are maybe a little bit too afraid to take those first steps. Um, I you know, I talk to them all about how they got started in, their, in whatever path they're on. We talk even a little bit about the kind of money that they're making. So I, I try to prove to people that you don't have to be making six figures a year to achieve this lifestyle. You know, Travel is really not that expensive. A lifestyle of travel doesn't have to be expensive. Um, And so I'm really excited to start rolling out these interviews as the year goes on. Um, It's one of the things that I know my readers are really excited about, too. So, yeah, getting those up and scheduled. And uh, I also kind of decided to dive back into telling more of my own personal stories on the blog this year. So that's another thing I'm excited about is just getting back to writing that comes from the heart, you know, sharing my story and helping that, you know, that helps people in its own way.
0: I love that. And I can't wait to read and share all of those different interviews because, you know, like yourself, I love hearing people's stories and sharing them so that Mm -hmm. it's always so interesting to find out how people are able to live those lifestyles. If our listeners want to know more about you, where can they find you?
1: You can head to my website, which is thesweetestway.com. And I'm also pretty active on Instagram. That's another place where I really love sharing, you know, more than just a pretty photo. I really talk a lot about what's going on behind the scenes. Just another opportunity for me to really be in that vulnerable space. So um, I love my community on Instagram. That's another great place to find me. Um, I'm also, of course, on Instagram, I'm the sweetest way. You can also find me on Twitter at this one is just sweetest way without the. And that's pretty much it. You know, I'm also on Pinterest. You can find me on Pinterest, (laughs) of course.
0: Thank you so much, Leah, for all of the incredible information that you gave us. I really appreciate it.
1: Yeah, no problem. Thank you so much for having me. It's been so much fun.
0: I hope you enjoyed this episode with Leah. Make sure to visit theoffbeatlife.com, again, that's theoffbeatlife.com, to get the extended interview with Leah where she shares how we can prepare financially in order to transition from our nine to five to become a freelancer. love a good audiobook as much as i do of course you do well you're in luck because i have teamed up with audible.com to give you a 30-day trial for free make sure to visit offbeatbook.com again that's offbeatbook.com to get that incredible trial